and welcome to Binge or Cringe. My name is Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. Adam, I've been watching a lot of TV, all for you, all so I can share it with you. Seems like an odd way to dedicate your life, but... Uh, it's one thanks, of those things. Thanks for taking the bullet there, Batman. I, uh, <laughs> you're going to dedicate your life to an ideal. I, I mean, that's, as, I guess, as good as, you know, justice. Watching TV for you. Okay, I'm going to start off Binge or Cringe with some definite binge here. And that would be, well, why go into it and be directly? You know, it used to be. You had to be on Carson to be a success as a stand-up. Then you had to have an HBO special. Now... Well, that still doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't hurt. Now, you have to have a Netflix special. I would agree with that, yes. Yes. There is a just a proliferation of... Ooh, nice one. ...of stand-up. Like, I, I forgot what... We, we had just watched um, one of them, and I was like, I wonder what else they have on here. And in my head, like, there's only, you know... Six stand-up specials. Oh, like no. Eddie, two of them are Eddie Murphy's. And then, like, I hit it, and I'm just like, Bleh. So let's talk, first of all, about one that is well worth your time. John Mulroney. Kid Gorgeous. I would I would agree. Like, I've, I've not seen his, his stand-up, <laughs> but I have seen him in um, other media. He is spectacular. He, he reminds me of... Well, I want to say the the comedians of yore. He's got the everyday thing happening like Seinfeld. And I will reference Cosby because early Cosby is brilliant comedy. I, I will grant that his earlier career, especially like I, I don't want to get into everything else, but like right. the Cosby show is still a good show. Yes, his stand up specials are He's, still exceptional. I've, I've seen the guy live. Like before, and he's he's just as funny. When it comes to telling a well-crafted joke, he can do it. And there are others. And what I noticed with Kid Gorgeous, he's doing the same thing. And he's doing it perfectly. He's using funny words like hinky and haberdashery. And what he's saying is built upon his life. To some extent. I mean, obviously, you don't know how much, but it's, you know, you start with a little grain of something and then you add to it. I mean, I'd argue that the best stand-up comedians, like, you've got the ones that'll just pop off the the, the one-liners. Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, like, I can... Like Stephen Wright. I, right. Well, I mean, I didn't mean to use yeah. that. Yes, right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 right. But Stephen Wright's funny, but I can't tell you really anything about Stephen Wright, except that I find him amusing. Well, I mean, do you want to listen to a 45-minute... Stand-up special. No, 10. I'm maxed. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're in a club or if you're doing a set, like, where you've got just a kind of a cavalcade, like, going there, those are fine. But if you will name off your favorite stand-up comedians or even your best, like, I'm willing to bet that it's the the, the storytellers. The ones that can sit there and tell you a 22-minute story, mm-hmm. you don't even realize you've been sitting there the length of a sitcom, and you're like, wait, they're only on story one. Like... It's an engaging like yarn in as much as a television show, a movie, mm-hmm. except the the great thing, and I'm sure that the people that book them enjoy this, like you you don't have to go uh like live on location, you don't have to hire other actors, you don't have to hire a well, I mean, I guess you have one writer at least, maybe a couple for mm-hmm. the 
But I mean, like it's real inexpensive. This, this individual, uh, it, it's just them. It's just them engaging the audience. And like I said, like I, I'm not telling you that you know George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, you know Robbers. I'm not telling you those guys don't engage the audience. But they've got to have you know twenty, forty, one hundred and fifty like million dollars whenever they start telling stories. The mm-hmm. the the thing about like. Murphy in the late 80s or maybe even the early 90s, Dennis Leary, Robin Williams, Billy Crystal. These guys, they're, they are their own special effect. Like, they're mm-hmm. all the the talent that they need in those particular Ellen instances. DeGeneres. Right. Phone call to God. Still. Still funny. Well, I mean, there's a good reason the woman has had a show for how long? Yeah. Still funny. Yeah. So, I've watched a few of these, and I just wanted to pass this on. Uh, Dave Chappelle... You need to watch it. Have you seen Chappelle lately? Yeah. Like, he's not the skinny little kid. Like, No, he's like a grown-up man you take, person. You, you're taking the lunch money from. Like, I, I, somebody was doing a side-by-side comparison I happened to catch on, uh, like, YouTube. And, like, basically, that was the title of it. What happened to, like, Chappelle could be, like, an alternate and lethal weapon now. Like, mm-hmm. he could be too old for this stuff. Like, I was just going, holy... How did I miss that? Like, was I was I asleep? Did I rip Van Winkle? Like, what? Why? Why does Dave I Chappelle know. look like he he's he could break me in half now? <laughs> now, what I've heard other comedians say about his shows, I wish I could remember what comedians said that, but they were people I found very funny, and therefore I respected what they had to say. They said that with him, it seems so effortless that it really seems like. He's making it all up. He just got up there, and he's. But then he'll tie it together. He just he's riffing it off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. He does this brilliant bit about um, Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you if you have not watched either of their shows that are on Comedy Central, uh, both of them um, feature um, sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. They feature introductions from the host, or in the, the Key and Peele's case, the hosts. Um, it's about 22 minutes after commercials, and I'm almost certain that they're using the set that Chappelle had when the Chappelle show was on Comedy Central. Oh, probably. Um, listening to him kind of, and I, I don't know if it's in a hateful way or if it's just kind of, it, if it's just material, like, because I'm not friends with him, so I don't know how he actually feels on it, but he's just going on and on. He's like, yeah. Where did they ever think to do that? <laughs> I, I can't imagine that having... Uh, African-American man come out, introduce, like, some potentially racially charged, like, sketches, uh, do it in about 22 minutes, maybe have it air before The Daily Show. Wherever did those geniuses get that idea? And to do it on Comedy Central, of of all places. Guys, wow. Wow. I, I, I applaud. And I'm That's just going, one. I don't. Is he mad? Is it? <laughs> I mean, it's a valid point. I'm going to give him that. But, it, like, it's just... It, it 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 really does. Like it, it's like listening to Jeff Goldblum like read from a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Like Spielberg even said, he goes, "The great thing about Jeff Goldblum, no matter how many lines of dialogue, no matter what script you give him, Jeff Goldblum sounds like he's making it up right there." And he's like, "I've written some of it, and I've listened to him say it, and I'm like, wow, is he? Oh wait, no, 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 I wrote that. I, <laughs> I wrote that." <laughs> so we can certainly say. Dave Chappelle is worth your time. So is the lovely John Mulroney. Now, I've watched some, which I'll bet you have not. Dimitri Martin, he is clever.
I saw his stuff. He was on The Daily Show for a couple years, wasn't he? Okay, I don't know. If I'm remembering correctly, I think he was. Now, by the way, in our opinion, to be a good stand-up, you have to be smart. You have to be. Well, I mean, you to an extent, you can do some stupid humor, humor like you can do like a couple of Pratt Falls. But again, like you can't have a 45 mm-hmm. minute special or a television show or whatever. Most people don't just want to be stand up comedians. They want to parlay that into, like I said, like sitcom movie, mm-hmm. something like that. And if that's if that's the only thing you've got in your bag of tricks, like you're going to be stuck doing, you know, 10 minutes here, five minutes there, which right. I mean, whatever, like I, I'm not I'm not disrespecting like that, that talent. But if you're wanting to broaden your horizon, you can't just be that one trick pony. Mm-hmm. So what you have here is uh, Dimitri's special is a little different in that you have, you know, the special in front of the audience and everything. But then you'll have him doing a voiceover and putting up a cartoon photo as well. And uh, he's he's got some stuff with pictures where, um, for instance, Christmas cookies, how he loves them so much and he wants to be able to offer them throughout the year. So instead of, you know, a Christmas tree, it's like, how about this forest-themed cookie? And things even funnier than that. But he's just, uh, he's got a different approach to yeah. things and a different sense of timing. But I liked him. Now, um, there are two females who I have of recently watched. One is Hannah Godsby, and the other is Eliza Elder Millennial. Of the two, Eliza is much more laugh-out-loud funny. What I noticed, however, with both of them, and I have pondered this thought, Eliza is going to be just like your standard stand-up comic, as we have just discussed, she's got all this going on. She's delivering the jokes. She's got great presence. And this is unusual. She is extremely attractive. I'm not saying stand-up comics are homely, but well, I mean, to be like in, Barbie pretty. In, in the entertainment industry, traditionally, mm-hmm. and I, I, again, I'm not saying this is the only way that it works. Um, if you will name off the people that they want to push to the forefront of, say, like a blockbuster, like, okay, um, Chris Pratt, um, he's not a bad-looking gentleman. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the dinosaurs, very much like the stars of Jurassic World. But, but I'm, I'm he certain— He had to buff out. Right. Right. I'm saying, and like, when did he become popular? When it was when he was just Chris Pratt on Parks and Rec? Or did, did he really mm-hmm. seem to strike when— Let's say the abs of steel. Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Eliza has the abs of steel, but uh, she does a great bit about how women are slobs and they all have, you know, like the goblin inside of them. Like when they want a guy to leave their place because the goblin wants to come out and just eat a bag of Oreos, things like that. And she has a lot of physical humor going on. And I'm going to tie these two together, just like Dave Chappelle. Now, Hannah Godsby... She's making a, a gesture I right am. now, which is the problem with I know. A, a, only being able to see this in the, the, it's aud- a really the auditory gesture. media. We actually do a lot of things with our hands. <laughs> Sometimes we're performing things that in after mime. I do it, I, I really think about it. And I'm like, this is actually just for a for an audience of one. Jane is the only one that can see me. <laughs> but I appreciate it for the world. Or or again, in, in your case, I'm just sitting there going, I'm the only one that can see this. 
There's I have that to gesture. Use my hands. That gesture is meaningless on a podcast. When she does the goblin, go home. It's it's nice. Anyway, so Hannah Godsby is Australian. Throughout the whole show, throughout the latter half of the show, she said she was going to quit comedy. By the end of the show, I think I believed her. Um, she's. Hannah Godsby did uh, a great thing. She is out, and she is from Tasmania, where apparently till I want to say 96, 97, it was against the law to be gay. So she said Tasmania is very small, and uh, she left. And she said when she was a teenager, the first time she saw any other people who were gay was at a huge Mardi Gras thing. And her response is, well, where are the quiet ones that— just want to sit at home and have some tea because that's not really me. And <laughs> she's, so, she travels the sea. Too. Yes. She's like, oh, wow. Guys, let's chill. Let's, yeah, she's like, let us definitely chill. I don't really shine in a glittery party atmosphere. And uh, she looks like she reminded me of someone who would be the neighbor in an Agatha Christie story. You know, just a lovely neighbor. She has some tea. She's knitting. And she's got. A very interesting sense of timing. But what is similar between Hannah and Eliza is they both use their stand-up as platforms for change. Now, Hannah's was far more serious because as she got toward the end, she was talking about uh, you know, how she was beaten up for who she was and, and just a lot. And it was very well presented, obviously, and a heartbreaking story. But she said she was not going to continue in comedy because she felt she was being degrading to herself. And that was how she thought. So I'm guessing that was her last special. But the point is, she wasn't there to just tell jokes. She had something important she wanted to say. Eliza fitted in much more briefly in that she'd tell a joke about dating and this and that and breaking up with whoever and then she would say, um, you know, girls, no one is allowed to hit you ever, ever, ever. It's not funny and it's not right. And so she would bring up a totally valid point, which I found uh, I agreed with 100%. However, I'd never seen it before in a stand-up comedy act where someone stopped the jokes for a perfectly valid platform. And I had not seen it. Well, I've only seen it in these two female comics. I don't know if male comics are doing it. Maybe I'm, maybe I just didn't pick up on it as much with African-American comics who will do, you know, the black and white stuff like Chris Rock does. Maybe, but he didn't really seem to stop down when he tells his jokes. So I am kind of uh, figuring this out as I go along. It could be a trend that more comics are going to use their stand-up for what's important to them. So there I, we have it. I think it's almost like um, it's like when you, you tell the kids they can have ice cream mm -hmm. at the, the end of the meal if they'll, they'll get through the broccoli. Like, I, I don't think com stand-up comedy is not necessarily like the ideal platform for that. But if you can point it out to people in a, a popular uh, medium, that they're all they're 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 almost they're they're almost definitely going to be listening to. If you can educate somebody a little mm -hmm. bit there, like 
if if you can do a summer blockbuster and you can maybe like bring light to like this or this or this, I'm not saying make your entire movie about mm-hmm. it. Don't make the stand like that. That almost like it changes it from the thing that it was. Right. But if you can use these platforms to educate some people, like don't preach down to them, but maybe just educate them. Well, that's I, what Hannah God. That's what was I'm doing. saying. I think that is a that is a positive thing. Like, okay, uh, uh, Bill Burr. Like, hysterical comedian. Been on uh, Jimmy Fallon. He's been on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. He, he, I think he's been pretty much... He's been on several of the Comedy Central roasts. Like, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't educate you. Really, he just... He takes something and then he tears it apart. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he has a famous bit where he just... How much he hates Christmas. Then he's got another one about, like, how he thinks that... Um, his name has left me right. Um, founder of Apple... Um, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Oh, how much he or hates Ashton him. Kutcher. Uh, no, no, Ashton Kutcher did not. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and it, like he goes through it, and he's just like, Steve Jobs didn't do anything. He just thought something up in his car one day. Like comes into his army of nerds, and he's like, I want all that music here. Make it happen, nerds. Eight months, and he walks out like just <laughs> saying basically, Jobs was not the one building any of that. Mm-hmm. He's. It, when when you've got like people like Tesla or you have these other people that are actually the ones that are physically like creating it or figuring out like the the mathematical equation you need to create this and they're like what did Jobs do what did what did he do like he he helped the sale of turtlenecks Bill, Bill Burr basically just takes everything that you love and he just he shreds it like nice. he he takes he'll take on. Um, D- different kinds of things, like things that really are not okay to say in um, pol- polite society. Mm-hmm. Polite society. Like, he's got one where his uh, his former girlfriend, and you might see why after you hear that, he, he, that she's complaining that men make more than women do. Mm-hmm. And I think she wanted him to say something along the lines of, oh, no, baby, you're absolutely right. You should make as much as me. And he goes, no. He goes, you know why? You know why? He goes, all right, we're all on the Titanic and everything. He goes, who leaves first? Is it the women and children? He goes, so, so I have to stay there and die. That's, that's the point you're making. I get to stay there and die. You know what? That's the dollar surcharge an hour. That's what you get right there. Like, and he just, he goes through all this stuff about it. He's like, all right, let's, we, we hear a noise, like, like a glass breaks. Who's getting up? Uh, that check? would be me. Who's getting up to check what that was Every with the bat? Is it is it me? <laughs> are, are you guys getting out of the house through the back door while I take? Maybe he's eight foot tall. I'm not. I'm not the Karate Kid. I don't know how to fight this guy. Like he's probably gonna kill me. And you're telling me all of this extra stuff. And he goes, but you you want that extra dollar an hour? If you're making fourteen and I'm making fifteen, you're all like, oh, I'll want that. And he's like, it's not a buffet. You can't, <laughs> you can't cherry like just. That's all his comment, and it's just. Sometimes I feel bad for laughing at the things that mm-hmm. he says, like because, like, I, I mean, I've I've had an iPod and like, and he'll he's just sitting there chastising, and he's like, you you bought into it, didn't you? Didn't you? You had an iPod, you got an iPhone right now, don't you? Don't you? Don't laugh at that joke. You're part of the problem. Like, just. But is he on Netflix? I there I don't go. know if he's. I, I've seen a ton of his stand up. Mm. I don't know. He, he does need one, but he I'm clearly just clearly does it. He is not one of those that is using it as a platform. He just likes to point out stuff, mm-hmm. and then he's just angry. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's his catharsis. It's not so oh, much to educate sure. you. Like maybe it's just so he can get this all off his chest, so like he doesn't have like a coronary or like some some kind of aneurysm in his brain or something like that. I believe that stand up comics 
do not need to see psychiatrists because they get it all out there on stage. I mean, and they really, they truly. I mean, I don't, I don't know that all of those stories are one hundred percent true. When they're just like, so I'm at the market the other day. Like, right. Some of that is probably going to be kind of like bit of staged theatricality yes. like maybe they need this person to be at that place i, I i'm I, they're not writing biographies i don't it, it, it's kind of like when people complain about like canon and shows or something just going well this happened in episode <laughs> three like i don't i don't care like it, it, as long as you're not changing the fabric of it and you're entertaining me like do it i don't i don't care if he's ever been to the market he's telling me about as long as when we get to the end of that joke it's funny and i laughed mm-hmm. that's really all i care jim about. gaffigan hot pockets i mean just Jim Gaffigan is incredibly funny. Watch every single one of his specials. Your kids can watch every single one of his specials, and they're hilarious. I cannot imagine him using it as a platform for you know anything except his love of food, which I really love maybe, about maybe him. Maybe that's his platform. Maybe that James. is his platform. Like, don't don't get, don't turn your nose up at that. Like what the man yeah. loves food. But anyway, there are many, many, many stand-up comedy shows on Netflix and other places. But and I mean, it, it's, I hadn't heard of some of these people. Just watch them. Give them 10 minutes. It's it's like going through like the grocery aisle and finding like the food or the particular blend or the product that there are so many stand-up comedians and it's not all just one one way. Like there right. is there is a a comedian out there that speaks to you mm-hmm. in particular, like when I was in uh, like high school, college, like high school, I, I college. Loved, I love high school, college slash. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a collection of years. I was I was going to do it, use it as a shortened way. High school, but college. Then, now now it's six minutes long. <laughs> Dennis Leary, like that is that is a comedian who spoke to me. Who sadly has not done a special since I don't know. 1998 what a great song that i sing in my head i'm just like that that guy was talking directly to pat oswalt i'm pretty sure is listening in on my brain Mm -hmm. things that he has said i've just like i've thought that that exact collection of words like what what are you doing are you coming in while i'm sleeping can you read minds But the, there, there is one out there. Like it's, it, it's like Burger King. They, they're gonna make it your way. Like maybe, maybe not all of them. Like every, every popular stand-up comedian, you are not going to necessarily enjoy. Find the one that like just hits that spot, like in your <laughs> your brain, your heart, or like maybe they channel the the anger that like you're not allowed to uh, unleash for whatever reason. Find them out there, and it it will. It will hit you in such a way that, like, it's almost therapeutic or medicinal. Yes. Yes. And it feels, oh, it feels really good. Really good. So watch watch these folks and, you know, you may find that they're fantastic. So one other thing I'd like to touch on on Netflix, and I don't just watch the Netflix, but I... I, I turn- they have put a lot of money into that. Like they're uh, having their own content, like mm-hmm. and it shows. Like I guarantee you, they have cut some pretty fat checks about oh, that. I have no Net- doubt. Netflix is the is almost like the way it's like the NBC of, of. I'm just like yeah. it. It really they have put so much into that, and it's the the content they get from other people, the content that they build themselves. Like the reason why people are so so quick to say Netflix on it. Is because like at least right now, like that is 
that that's where you've got that content, and it, mm-hmm. it's probably got something for everyone, and it has it in volumes. Yes, and it's not always easy to find. Because you have to intentionally search for it or just have it pop up us to go, oh, I might actually like that. Which which is, by the way, a, a stupid first world problem. Yeah, very much well, so. Well, there's, there's so much content. <laughs> I have to just, I, don't, I have to dig through. You mean you physically dig through? No, no, no. I mean, I, I keep pushing like my thumb. And I can't talk to the just, remote. Yeah, so, and I want to, and I have to type it sometimes if <laughs> I want, like, I if I type in funny, you I know. I can't put in my reviews anymore. It just, it, it makes shame. me, I'm so tired. It's exhausting. <laughs> you mean, you mean like working in a coal mine it no, no no i mean not even really i mentally, don't even get black mentally lung exhausting but i just i wanted to watch the oranges the new black and the new season wasn't there yet i, I guess they're still in prison I guess. I don't know. we'll just i'm gonna have to watch the old ones again <laughs> and find a different show that i mean netflix definitely has one because there's freaking a thousand thousands and thousands and thousands yes of them. i'm surprised we don't have one well <laughs> because of the headlines i had to watch insatiable and because my 11-year-old said, oh, I started watching Insatiable. And it's like, you, what? What? What are you watching? I should probably check this out. Yes, exactly. I am a parent. And it does say ma next to it, directed to the mothers. Or maybe it means mature content. I'm not quite sure. I'm sure. It was talking to my ma. Yeah, ma. Anyway, so Insatiable, I'm guessing, showed up as a suggestion for my child because it stars Debbie Ryan, who starred in... Jesse. Jesse from the Disney Channel. Oh, okay. Jesse. Oh, that, yeah. I'm going to throw up. Okay. So here's, and, and all the headlines are about how the show is fat shaming. That stupid song won't stop playing in my head. Yeah. Now. Oh, I'm oh. so sorry about that. Jesse. Okay. So here's the story. And if only Jenna were here to tell it to you now. It has also been called the worst thing Netflix ever produced. Close. I I find that hyperbole is a lot of fun when you're making headlines. Yes. The worst ever. Like, the best ever. There has been no tragedy greater than this. I'm going to say, Insatiable reminds me of a less funny, not as well written version of Desperate Housewives. See, that's a headline right there that I'd, I'd check out. And Alyssa Milano has turned in to um, a Stepford wife for this and does it very well. well Look I, that one up. I like I like that connection there. <laughs> uh, obviously the Frank Oz remake, not the, no, not the yeah. original. So you've got this girl and she's large. And because she's large, nobody likes her. And everything goes wrong for her because she's large. The Jesse? Yeah. Now or she's wearing a is. fat suit. Okay? okay. I was okay. She's I, clumping it. When when I was when I when I had my eyelids like peeled open and I was tied to the chair, or that's that's the way I remember it when the kids would make me watch it. I, I didn't remember her being a Okay. That Okay. So she's wearing probably, that. That's only in like five minutes of the show, okay? Did we learn nothing from Shallow Hal? No, we did not. Now, you also have Bob, and Bob is a lawyer, and he also coaches people to win pageants because for him, he has an insatiable desire to have his people win pageants, and she becomes insatiable because a homeless guy tried to take her candy bar, 
And so she punched him in the face, and then he punched her back. And so her jaw broke and had to be wired shut, and boom, she lost all this weight. And all of a sudden, everything's okay because she's not overweight. That's that's basically like the modern-day equivalent of the first 10 minutes of Network. <laughs> I mean, I, are you sure Sorkin didn't have yeah. a hand in writing okay. this show? Now, Jenna... Jenna is very Jenna's almost 12 and she is very apt. And she had to she said I need closure on this, but it's the worst. Here's my biggest problem with it. And I can say this because I only being moderately fat now, I was like crack the sidewalk fat. I don't feel that I was shamed by watching this. Though Maybe if I was a young teen, uh, it would subconsciously say, oh, they're right. If I have any extra weight, I am worthless. Okay, I can see that. Around the time I think I turned 30, it was very difficult to damage me with, like, any kinds of – like, the the older you get – when you are at an age that you are – I don't want to say easily manipulated, but I I get – like, you don't have that life experience for – I, I can really only imagine like people will 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 try to like catch me with things like okay I was a huge Star Trek fan. Um, that's popular not the most, with the girls. That um, never um, <laughs> that was never a thing that made me popular. Like I I I was funny and hopefully um, some of them thought I was attractive. Like that I I I had to play that that funny card. I just like, had the funny card. Like, just I mean I had to I had to play, I mean. Just like I was cheating at a game of sabak, like <laughs> hitting it hard. Case in point. Yeah, case, case in point. In point. Um, so, yeah, you have that going on. Now, I am surprised at this. You have people saying it's fat shaming, and yet you don't have people saying, why does she have the lesbian sidekick who is not attractive? It's like my sidekick friend can't be attractive. I believe it's called a duff. And because she is gay, she's wearing the uniform, according to them, with the plaid shirt and this so, and that. So basically she, it's taking every, every any, stereotype. Any kind of stereotype, yes. like offensive ethnicity, okay. like any any of that. Now let's take the well-groomed man. All of them turn out to be gay, which is... I have plenty of gay friends who are well-groomed, and I have just as many who are not. I get... That's a stereotype too. But when you have all these stereotypes, like I don't want to say just, it's okay if you just do one. No, but it's probably, but you know what I mean. It's probably more acceptable if you don't use them all. Right. And my biggest problem with this, as I couldn't watch the rest of it because it was so ponderous. Because you see, okay, so she loses weight, and Bob's accused of being a pedophile, which he isn't. But it's just because the mom of one of his people lost a pageant, and so she thought she'd ruin his career. Okay. So, of course, he and she team up so she could win pageants. Boring. Anyway. Um, I mean, at least when Greece taught you the terrible, terrible lesson that it did, you got to listen to Olivia right. Newton-John and John Travolta. Like, please don't let your kids watch that movie. It has a terrible message. Yes, it does. And I've, 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 I've been too. telling people this for years. And I agree with but you. But, like, darn it, if John Travolta singing and dancing is not so much toe-tapping fun that I'm just like, well, we'll just we'll tell them about it after the movie's done. Just change yourself. 
completely for someone else, and you can if, ride a car in the are, sky. If you are easy, boys will like you. Exactly. Change everything about yourself Start as, smoking. Long, as long as the boy likes it. Yes. That is that is precisely we the lesson. That's what Insatiable's missing. <laughs> okay. Music from the creator of Grease. So here... You have the girl sees the homeless guy who is, since she punched him, even though he's suing her, he hasn't seen her since she lost weight, and he's gone to AA to clean up his life. So she decides, she's 18, by the way, she decides she's going to seduce him and then break up with him to ruin his life. But instead, he falls asleep, and she covers him with alcohol and is going to burn him alive. First, I thought it was kind of like she's all that, and then no. then it then it took a really dark yes. kind of then she Anthony decides, Hopkins serial killer. Yeah, kind of she turn. decides not to burn him alive, but then it just goes on. You have um, a popular girl is pushed and becomes paralyzed from the waist down. I'm sure, Thomas Harris didn't <laughs> didn't help write this show. Like, is the insatiable actually? An insatiable like need for like death, like is that Maybe. what it just it 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 kind of twists it there at the end. You're like, oh, it's it's an insatiable need for beauty pageants. Now, I can see Adam and me watching this and having a good time in mocking it in real time. However, I have I have long said like you and I doing commentaries on something like doing an actual a film commentary like in real time. Like, let us pick them out would be a delightful idea for a podcast. Then we're going to have to make that happen. I'm just saying, like, Batman Returns, a movie that is just ripe, <laughs> ripe. I, 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 I appreciate the film, loved it when I was a kid. The, the more times I've seen it, the older I get. I realize just how weird that is, that it was targeted at kids, had a Happy Meal tie-in. Like, I've got, I don't know, 20 action figures from that. Uh, there, there's a scene where a man bites like another man's nose off, like he's eating raw fish. Um, he dies and has like green mucus coming out of him, and then penguins bury him. That's a Batman movie, by the right way. There. Like just creepy. Didn't understand how weird it was, but you can't tell me like letting us pick that apart for two <laughs> hours wouldn't be at least in some way entertaining. We're going to make that happen. I'm just, That's for another discussion. Just but saying. I think where Insatiable fails, other than the fact that the story totally blows, is that there's no one to root for. You don't really like any of them. You don't care what you happens really to them. You really want a protagonist. And yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, all the great ones do it. And by great ones, I mean... Any author that has ever written a book or anything, you always have a protect, like someone that you can get behind, mm -hmm. maybe somebody that you can identify with. Any of those, Andy Griffith on The Andy Griffith Show, he's the only one that isn't just some kind of a strange creature that mm -hmm. produces comedy. He, he is our guide, our host yes. into the town of Mayberry. Maybe it's supposed to be Bob the lawyer, but I mean, I don't think he tries to burn anyone, like, literally it's just it's just not good unless you're watching it to make fun of it then you're going to have a heyday but i can't imagine that's what the producer director whom, <laughs> whomever like is the one who is the genesis point of the show they're just like you know what <laughs> we need to create 
like Plan Nine from Outer Space. I don't think that's what they were <laughs> they were doing. I, I'm just I'm putting it out. I, I like I said I don't know. I haven't researched this thing endlessly. It's not Jurassic Park. I don't yeah. have a lifelong fascination with it. I'm probably just going to leave it at this. I'm not even going to Wikipedia it. Yeah, I. But wouldn't. I'm saying because you're not the only one that's told me. This, this is kind of just, like, it, it's visual I garbage. I mean, if you want to see Debbie Ryan in Daisy Dukes with a Tootsie Roll pop, this is your show. I don't, that's not a, I don't need, that wouldn't even make a good poster. So, like, that's, that's, I'm going to have to say it's cringe. Oh, I'm, ugh, yeah. I think we we all We're arrived at that well before, that. well before you'd. You informed me that it was a great. Yeah, I mean, when, in watching what I did watch, and by the way, it, but by the time I finished watching the first one, Jenna said, I'm through eight of them. It's like, okay, I guess you've seen what you've seen. I'm going <laughs> to leave it at that. I uh, hope there wasn't any cursing or nudity. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't recall any nudity. There were probably implied situations, but it, 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 it wasn't to have Skinamax. It hit, hit the, the bingo of things you shouldn't do on a show. Yeah, it was just... Let's but see. what I liked is she had the, she Guys, had gotta, the same thing. It's only three episodes in, and I got a bingo. Yeah, she she felt it was poorly written, and because we discussed it, and so now I feel like it's yeah, like okay you, that she watched. the You whole discussed thing. why you should hate things. That's yeah. it. <laughs> specific <laughs> reasons. Like I don't just want you to have a general ambiance of I like want you to know. I dislike it. I want you to pick it apart piece by piece and understand understand the building blocks, your ingredients yeah. of why you hate this. And that is exactly what we did <laughs> and then hannah grace said now i have to watch it so i can hate it too like she's like she's a, a character in seinfeld she just happened to walk into the room what's going on joe well we're sitting here and we're dissecting this terrible netflix show what's the deal with netflix and the bad shows okay so that's it binge or cringe we say binge on the comedians because they are funny well at least to us and that's most of them and cringe on insatiable. I was sated thirty seconds in. It was. It was. It was not aptly titled. No, no, not not one bit. So that's it. Anything you want us to watch, by all means, let us know, and we will uh, get around to it because we do watch a lot of TV. It's our thing. Yes. So I am Jane Ellen, and I'm Adam Cravens, and you've been listening to Binge or Cringe.